My name is Marilio Amor. I started the A Group some 20 some years ago. We are a marketing and technology agency focusing on the nonprofit sector. And now uh, we're seeing that uh, our skill sets and things we developed over the last 20 some years is really helping small business owners and content providers, whether they are authors or they're now creating all kinds of different contents, video, uh, written, posts, uh, blogs, but so there's entire different levels of content in the past, in, back in the day, you had to be a published author to have any kind of street credentials, you know, your street creds came from, I have this book and it's published by this publisher. Now I make videos for TikTok. They're making millions of dollars doing that. So uh, it's just kind of interesting mark, but developing a, a brand, developing a messaging, developing the assets, finding the right people, creating a digital funnel to drive traffic and to create more opportunities. That's encompasses of what we do and what we currently do for our clients. Yeah. Now, are you still heavily focused in the religious space or have you kind of spread out? We, you know, when we started, a lot of our clients were a lot of churches, um, also Christian organizations that have NPOs and, and nonprofits who are doing relief work, any kind of type of work. And those are still some of our clients. However, we found that I call those, are, uh, my best clients are missional clients, but not necessarily from a religious point of view as it is from a missional aspect that their businesses mean something to them personally, causes that they wanna see happen through it or being able to give back to communities and to give back to the world. So anybody who's really has a vision to do something and we love working with clients like that because what they want to do and what they want to accomplish helps the world, helps people around them. And we feel part of that mission as well. But the tools are the tools. <laughs> the marketing is ubiquitous. If you understand how to reach an audience, if you understand how to solve a problem, create a bridge between somebody's problems, a solution, and then be able to kind of make that connection give them an irresistible offer that they can say, yeah, absolutely. I'll give you my information. So to get this tool or this guide and nurture that relationship into a potential sale, donation, whatever the end result is, then that process happens, whether you're looking for buyers, you're looking for donors, you're looking for volunteers. It's just the same process. It's just building a slightly different type of uh, machine. Yeah, no, that's right. There's this um, really great quote. It's a, sort of a monologue from Danny DeVito in this movie called The Big Kahuna. And he's talking to someone who's very religious leaning about someone who isn't. And essentially the, the, the net of it is anytime you put your hands on a conversation and turn it in a direction that it was not originally heading, you're in sales. Right. No matter what it is that you're talking about, you're selling something, an idea, a thought, an opinion, any of that. And so to that point, it doesn't matter what you're trying to achieve. Marketing is marketing and it's still, you know, how do we influence people? So one of the shifts that's happening in, in my agency over the last probably five to seven years, and it's been very, well, obviously the pandemic kind of threw everything up in the air. So you, you kind of accelerated a lot of the things, the trends that you were seeing. But back uh, several years ago, as an agency, we would write people marketing plans and, and they would be quite extensive. There would be a research component into it. And then there would be a 
a in a full campaign or multiple campaigns and you have implementation guides and you have so you you may have a, a marketing campaign that was 200 pages long or there were all kinds of things and and then we you know we would go out spend thousands of dollars from a client perspective some of them pay quite substantial amount of dollars for those. And we will make this massive presentation over hours and give the client this, you know, this big book, you know, and we either took part of it ourselves and say, we we're going to implement this or, you know, good luck, Mr. Client, you know, here it is. And we stop all that. I have, we have not written a marketing plan probably at that, at that level market plan for five years or more because of the the nature of testing and the nature of digital marketing is that we do have campaigns that we start with you know a framework so our framework is called the gast framework g-a-s-t and stands for goals audiences strategies and tactics most people start out with tactics oh i want to meet social media posts i want more an app that does this i want the coupon that does that so those are great tactics we start with tactics you never going to get to really what you want. So we start out with, okay, so what are the short-term goals, long-term goals? And then we say, oh, well, who are the people you're talking to? I mean, who are these people with multiple, sometimes there are multiple people with different, sometimes you're talking to parents of teenagers, or sometimes you're talking to spouses about their spouse. Sometimes you talk to multiple groups. So you figure out who they are, and then you figure out what strategies you're going to use, and then you get to the tactics. So we developed this entire framework to help our clients through but what we do now, instead of creating a plan that, that may or may not work over long periods of time, we create sprints that have acquisition campaigns, digital campaigns. Either we manage those or work with clients as coaches and say, okay, let me coach you into how you're going to accomplish some of those things. If you're going to do this yourself or we're going to coach you along the way, we will do it for you. We manage this campaign for six months. You watch us manage it, and then you can take it over and do it yourselves. What we're seeing is that digital acquisition campaign, whether it's a product sales or it's a leads or whatever, however the terminology at the end of the product is, it's very fluid and, and it has to be managed very closely. It has to be, you know, we've got change. So we, we really walk people through that and we've seen really great success. <laughs> Uh, there are some people, there are some clients right now, we're getting client acquisitions for less than a dollar. Their ad spend, they're like, really? So yeah, you're, I have a client that has grown their database leads from uh, 5,000 to 18,000 in the last nine months. And so, and these are names that they are cultivating, they're creating an entire different uh, opportunity with. So it's, it's something that five years ago, we, we wouldn't do. You, that would be just like, oh no, we need to have everything in place now. We launch, we evaluate, we figure out the ads are working, the landing page, the gated content, if there's a gated content, the sales product, the product, we measure along the way and we give clients every week feedback on here's what we're doing, here's what's working, here's what our suggestions to move forward. And it's working really well. I mean, we're getting some great results with that. That's, that's awesome. Do you prefer, are you having similar success with the coaching direction or when you're when you've got your hands around all of the execution so here's the way it has played out we've started with the execution and then we add coaching it takes the clients more strategic it allows them to go think through different types of campaigns different types of follow-through 
because acquiring somebody's information, if you're not selling widgets, you have to nurture that. You have to create the relationship. And that process takes, you know, what is the brand? How are you nurturing them? What kind of information are you giving? I always say you got to give three times more than you ask. So for every time you ask for them for something, you should have given them three things that are really helpful, whether it's content or things that, that people go, well, this is good. I, I, I didn't know that. When we're managing campaigns, what our clients realize is that there's a lot more work that they can be free to do that's more long-term, but it's beneficial. It's not just tactical work, strategic work. When we start with coaching only, they quickly realize they don't want to do the tactical work either because they're going, oh, this is just, you know, ads manager, you know, I don't want to get in there and there's multiple screens and there's options and you can click the wrong button, things go away, things break, and, you know, Facebook's asking for this, I don't understand. And they quickly go, okay, we don't want to do that. So can you manage those campaigns? So it, you know, it's, it always comes end up being the same way, whether you start with coaching or you start, but ideally we manage some of the campaigns because the amount of expertise it takes to manage all these pieces, it's so um, difficult to have it all in house, unless you're a big agency or, you, you know, you have, but for example, people who are inside as manager, if you go three weeks without looking at what's going on in there and you go back, you may not be able to find the stuff. It's like, where, where did the stuff go? The buttons are moved. Now, where is my thing that I used to click on and get this? And then you go, okay, this is a new option. If I choose this thing instead of that, what's going to happen? So you feel like you're going to learning on the constant learning curve, which you are, always are. But if you are there every day, your learning curve, it feels like the daily learning curve as opposed to the monthly compound. Okay, now I'm, I'm dealing with new software every time I log into this thing. So people get that, they get it. And you don't want to make a big mistake, especially when you're spending thousands of dollars a month in ad spend and you kill a campaign because you add too much money. Oh, this campaign is doing great. Let's d double the budget. So they throw in, you know, another hundred dollars a day and the campaign tanks because the algorithm freaks out, doesn't know what to do with it. Or so what did I do? So you just, you know, I have to assume added more money. So that's not how you add more money. You have to add 10% a day until you reach your total. So it takes 10 days, you know, to raise that. So you don't break something that's working. Just, you know, or not being able to show, you know, sometimes square, you know, you would think Meta would be smarter, but they have square images and you have full phone images. And if you load them all in at the same time, they will not differentiate which one squares and which one is full screen. And you set up some really crazy looking ads. So you have to break those ads in multiple different, just tactical things people don't know. So what we are finding is that for the money they pay the agency, we do a much better job managing the campaigns and they are, their cost per results are much lower than when they try to do it themselves and they end up spending more money because they're paying more in ads and getting fewer results. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and you, I mean, you talked about even that, and, and it's true, I think even more so on the meta side than it is on Google, but Google's still kind of stupid about it too. You know, and I, I'm in, Go I have another business that I do exclusive Google ads because that's a local type of business and it makes more sense. And still, you know, I, I always have my Google expert to go, okay, what did I do wrong? You know, this should have been a simple Google my business. You know, it's supposed to be for business owners to go ahead and do it. And somehow they find a way to kind of make it a diff difficult and hey, it was working yesterday. Why is that not working today? Well, you know, this change and this change. So. 
Yeah, well, and so there was something you were talking about, even just the interface. And what I was going to add to is that you, you have to you go, okay, what change did I make two weeks ago? And why did I make that change? Did I take notes on that? You know, you're looking it's if you're not constantly looking at that and, and you know, and trying to test something and watching it go, then it's you get lost really quickly. And like and you said, you, lots of mistakes. Yeah. And if you're a, a small business owner and you're either you're in charging of the marketing or you have a manager who's one responsibility or you have a, a marketing person who's one responsibility is to create copy create asset, design assets and manage the entire process, that's just not realistic. You know, it's really not. There's so many nuances. And as much as Google and Meta try to make things simple for people, it's never simple. It's always more complicated than the, ver the previous versions. Now, even G4, you know, it's supposed to be easier and it's a disaster. All the SEO guys are like, I can't get the information that I want to. And it's just, you know, it's so everybody's belly aching about it, but there's nothing you can do about it. So part also of my strategy is to help my clients get ownership of their list. People wanted to play inside of social media and they think that's a, oh, why would I want to get emails or phone numbers? I have 200,000 followers. You know, I have a million followers. Well, I had a client that had 250,000 followers on Facebook and the next morning they had zero followers on Facebook and they couldn't figure out why. And Facebook didn't really tell them why. And they send them, you know, the dear John letter, you violated our community guidelines, but didn't tell which ones or what. And that was it. That was the, that was it. There was no recourse. And if you build your entire business on something that you don't own, it's like, okay, there's a piece of property here. You can go ahead and build your house on it, but it's, it's, uh, you know, it's our property. And if we want to, we'll take your house and, and, you know, go kick you out. And I think people, some people don't realize that that's what's potentially could happen to them. So we really try to use social media as a way to uh, outpost, to get people together, you know, yeah, bring as many people from as many different places as you can, but ultimately you're building your database. Those are people who you need to be able to own their names and own the relationship you have with them. Yeah. Well, and you know what, that goes beyond just Facebook or TikTok or Instagram or whatever Elon Musk is doing uh, <laughs> over, over on X. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's well. With the thing you also like, think about Squarespace and Wix. If you right. build your websites on their platforms, they own everything and can just decide to take it down. And right, uh, that, yeah. There, there's a lot of things that people don't think through because they're preconditioned to think, oh, it's a free platform, or well, it's free because you're allowed to be there. It's not free because. You you know you have earned the right or you paid for it. So at one point, you have to do what's right for you long term. And uh, and once you start understanding how that goes, then people okay, I get it now. Now I hope you don't have to lose all your content or followers before you realize that. I had another client who had five years worth of content and they use uh, YouTube to store it instead of making copies of it. So, oh, why are we gonna keep hard copies when we can put it all on YouTube? Well, you know where that story is gonna go. Same situation, they got shut down and their five years of content, inaccessible. So what do you do at this point? 
again, you can, well, it's not your platform. You didn't pay for it. You don't have any claims for it. You sign a disclaimer agreement when you join the platform saying that this is their platform and you're just using it for free. So, and they came like, what do we do? I said, well, <laughs> hope you have some hard disks or hard drives with that content on it because it, it's not, we can't retrieve it. Yeah. Those are tough things to wake up to. Right. And for anyone, and actually it's on, all of these are really are cautionary tales that you're probably, you're, most people don't ever, ever, ever think about. And really probably not enough people are talking about it. So. Well, and I think that's the, the, the value of having either a coach or an agency like ours working alongside with you is because what you don't know can and will hurt you. And, and if, if you really find somebody who cares and who really understands how this game is played and help you guide you through the process, whatever fees you end up paying. And if it's a good, you know, if you have a good, good agency that works with you well, they're going to make that over for you many, many times. So whether, you know, growth in business opportunities, and we, that's why we put the framework in place. Uh, that framework happened to me because Years ago, a client came in and they want us to develop a digital platform and he brought me a spec sheet, all the things. So we created the platform and, and years later, the guy calls me and say, Hey, I spend all this money and I'm not making any more money. And I said, well, you came to us to build a platform. Does the platform work? Oh, it does. Does it do what you ask it to do? I say, oh, it works fine, but I'm not making any more money. And I realized that I got into a situation where the client self-prescribed the problem and developed the solution and came to us with a solution. It's like my going to a doctor and say, hey, I know what I have. I need you to prescribe me these three drugs and I think I'll be fine. And a doctor say, sure, here's your prescription. And then the guy dies, you know, because it wasn't the, the it wasn't the problem. It wasn't the, what the prescription was, it was something else. And I realized that unless I help my clients figure out what they really the solution really was to the problem. I'm going to have this conversation over and over again. What you gave me is not working. Well, I gave you what you asked for, but it's not working. Well, because you didn't ask for the right thing. So now we put them to the framework and no matter what the, they start out with, sometimes the deliverable is a different product because it doesn't, oh, what you want is more leads or you want more donations. Oh, you want to get more people in your chair, your salon. So, okay, let's come up with this other solution, which I think is going to give you more. And then we kind of work through the framework and man, it makes a huge difference. And when that happens, people become clients for life because they're like, man, you help not only get to where I want to be, but stop me from making a bigger mistake by spending money on things that I didn't really spend money on. And I think that's what the, 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 the uh, number one part of what we do. We don't take the money and run. I, I, that's a, something that I've done over the years and say, no, I'm, this is not the solution what you need. We can do this for you, but I don't think that's what you want to do. And here's why not. And then once you lay it out, people appreciate that. Well, and, and whether or not you, if you haven't done this in the past and there's times where I have, you know, I've been like, okay, we'll, we'll do what you want to do. And, you know, we'll go. Oh, down there's that always, yeah. Do. Or, or I've done something where I'm like, I presented this plan and I'm like, this is what you really should be doing. And the person goes, well, I really just want this piece of it. You go, all right, uh, that's fine. I'll just do that piece. It's never a long-term situation. It never works out. It's just, and every time you go, why do I do that? Why do I do that to myself? 
Right. Or they'll say, oh, no, we have I have this other guy. He's really good at this and they'll, he'll do this part of it. And next thing you know, like, no, this is not the problem of creating a plan is, first of all, if you don't know how to implement the plan, the plan is useless. If you misread or misunderstand what some of the tactics are, the plan is going to be useless. If you do partial and it's not enough to lift what you need to do, then it's useless. And what you describe is a situation that I tell my clients when they say, you know, oh, can I just do this part? I said, well, I sometimes have to take ibuprofen because I work out and I get sore or I'm running and I have to take 600 milligrams. If I take 200 milligrams, the pain still there. If I take 400 milligrams, still painful. I take 600 milligrams, no pain. What you ask me to do is to take 200 milligrams of this you still have me pain. There's not, you know, you're going to spend the money, you're going to take the pill and it's still not going to help you. And it's not going to help you because, you know, X, Y, and Z. And I, you know, you have to have that conversation and this, and people can say, well, is this what I still want? And, and what in my experience is no matter what you tell them, even if you give a warning, when it doesn't work, it's still your problem. They will go back, but you know, you sold me this. You told me, you know, you did this. It's like, look, dude, you know, you asked for this and not that. Yeah, and that you're that's all 100% right. And and those are things that you you try to 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 think that you can solve uh, a problem for someone and help them, but ultimately, there's times when it just isn't. It didn't get to work out. So we kind of talked a little bit about your business and, and what's going on there. I want to kind of I want to shift gears. For you and talk about as a marketing agency what type of marketing are you doing for yourselves what are the things that you find are effective for you as an agency um, from a strategic standpoint that have been either that are that are newly working or consistently working there are potentially more things that don't work than things that do work so we, we're always testing the things. But one of the things that's been helping us to move clients along a continuum is to find an entry point for the into the agency world that doesn't cost them agency dollars. And so when you say, what does that mean? What does it look like? So we created, you know, Tag Learning. Our name is the A Group and the, the short version is Tag, T-A-G. So Tag Learning for us became a way to really help not only our clients, but potential clients to understand how the benefit of having an agency and how do you do that? You give them a Band-Aid to their solution. And once they get the Band-Aid and they say, oh, okay, then you say, well, but the cure is this bigger version and the more sophisticated, more level. So in our case, I just talked to you about our framework, our gas framework. So I, I put together a, a online course that taught people how to use our framework and you would go man that doesn't make sense you're you're teaching your secret sauce to everybody including your clients that you know how are you going to do this and i was like well and basically not everybody can afford us not everybody can use our services and if i can help people at least understand the basic principles of marketing and how to put together something that works I'm, I'm doing something good for them and maybe if they get to a place where they can afford our services they'll come back in so and if they can't afford our services they're trying to figure out how to do it themselves and they realize hey i can't it's a lot more involved i can, i better pay somebody to do it that has you know i did a course twice it's interesting that out of that i think i've probably made about five hundred thousand dollars worth of other business that came out 
of a course that people pay 200 bucks to be part of. So, it, it, you know, it's, it's the one of those, like, you know, you got 30 students, you know, and they pay 200 bucks. Ah, you know, you're not making a lot of money, but what ended up happening is uh, one of the courses, one of the person was the VP of, no, actually it's more than that, if I think. He's VP of a digital for, for a large organization. He just, just got promoted, wanted to know more about digital marketing, took the course, really understood the concept, wanted me to teach for his group. So I said, well, I'll create a version of this course just for you, for your people, but it's going to cost you $50,000. Okay, great. So I did that. Then he said, well, I want you to coach my people because now they got the course. Now that's a, so now that got into another $100,000 worth of coaching for his people and they're all over the world. So now I get a call every other week with people in 10 different countries in 10 different time zones. So people in India, South Africa, Russia, Finland, not uh, yeah, fin the Finnish are there, uh, Paraguay. I mean, it's, it's crazy. So I have all these people. And um, last year we went to, not uh, to, we went to Jordan for a live workshop. October, we're going to Istanbul for a live workshop. That wouldn't have happened if I had that entry course into what we do. And then other clients took the course and like, you know what, this is great. I have nothing, I don't wanna do this ever. So can you see, can I hire you to help us figure this out? Another guy took the course and he said, I, I want personal coaching. So he signed up for personal coaching. So, you know, that's an entry service that really kind of help you describe the best practices, describe your framework, the things that you, how you do work and help some, but what it does for others is just gives them a bigger picture of what can be done and also establish you as a, the expert and the trusted guide. That's the more important part of any of this. If people feel like they can trust you and know what to, you're doing, they're going to say yes and can you come help me. If they can't afford you, that's fine. One day they may be able to afford you or they may go to another job. And I say, hey, my other job couldn't afford you, but this job can afford. Can you come help us do this? That's happened as well. So that strategy of creating a product that is valuable, that really gives people something that they can use, but also opens their mind and opportunities, understanding to the importance and why to use an agency in things that they don't know, what they know can hurt them, has been great for us. Yeah. No, I, I, I am, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I'll teach you anything you want to know, right? I'll tell you how to do all of it. The reality is, is that even if it was a, a four week course, right? I can't teach you everything I've learned in the past 20 years of doing, you know, those corners to look around some of those nuanced things that you, that you learn along the way, but I can give you a really good head start on all of it to get you moving. And at the end of the day, a lot of people look at it and go, yeah, I'd just rather pay somebody else to do this for me. That's a, that seems like a hell of a lot of work. Uh, yeah. One time I, I bought it years ago, I had a big yard and I want to put an irrigation system on it. It's like, okay. I mean, I was like, stuff is expensive. So I bought a how-to book uh, on how to put an irrigation system. And that served one purpose by page number 10. I realized that there was not a chance in hell I was going to do that. So I was like, Okay, now we know. It's like, oh, it was like super simple ways to, you know, do it yourself, irrigation systems, you know, anybody can do it. No, no, that's not true. It's a lie. You know, just because you can doesn't mean you should. In this case, I was not going to do it. So, but that's, that's a lot of times what people need. They need that, the realization that, you know what, even if I had the time, 
even if I have the inclination to learn all this skill, it's not the best usage of my time. That's right. Yeah, that's right. There, there are things I think that we like learning to do because we just genuinely want to learn how to do it. But for stuff like that, like, yeah, anybody can cut down a tree, but it doesn't mean you should be cutting down a tree. <laughs> You're going to do more harm than good. Right. Well, I wrote a series of posts. I didn't title it that way, but I probably should have. But basically, it was SEOs for SEO for CEOs, kind of like if you're a CEO or the business owner of a company, you don't need to know because I don't even know all, all the SEO things, the tricks and changes that happen on a daily basis. But here's some of the things that you need to understand how this thing works. At least gives you enough knowledge that you know whether you're being bamboozled or you somebody knows what they're doing. So here's some concepts, you know, here's how you do research. Here's how you find keywords. Here's how you create, you know, here's some of the value. So it just gives them like the big buckets of things that people should understand. And that was really well read and well received because people are like, okay, I don't need to know everything. I just knew enough. So when I walk into a meeting, I don't come across as some clueless person who has no idea what he's talking about. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I think I, I might've written something similar to that, which was along the lines of what are the questions you should be asking in a marketing meeting? You know, as a CEO, not so much how to do your own keyword research, but, you know, understanding the difference between if your traffic has gone down or flat or up and what questions to ask around, well, what pages are they going to and how much time are they spending on those pages and is there value to that? So it was, well, it was investigating. You know you're assuming people know that. <laughs> you're assuming people, even if they can't, even if they know where to go to find that, they can even, even understand what that is. So, I mean, trust me, people are, uh, I work with a client right now that, that they've been in business 25 years. And for the last seven years, they have not had a website. I'm like, <laughs> so where's your website? What happened? Well, you know, something happened. I'm like, what do you mean something happened? It's been seven years. I, you know, the, the thing I, when people tell me stuff like that and they're like, my business has been doing fine and I haven't had a website and you kind of want to, you want to go well, shake them a little bit and say, think of all that you missed because you didn't have the website. Not the fact that you just made it this far without one. Like there's a, there's a huge opportunity gap. I know, but well, you know, so this is, this is my world. I think from an agency point of view, uh, trying new things, trying gated content. I write every week and I'm building a list of people who get content for me. Sometimes it's leadership, how to lead things. Sometimes it's tactical things, how to do SEO. Sometimes it's a, you know, lessons from digital or things I'm learning, how people behaving with content, uh, what to do, what not to do, what we've seen work, not work. Uh, and and it's it's been pretty good. And my I think I have about uh, average of about thirty five percent open rate on my emails, which is significantly higher than the average marketing email, like twenty percent. So you know, so it's it, I feel good about it. And and people are are so and I do it. You know, I repurpose that and do it in LinkedIn, send it to my list, post it on Facebook. So you know, people are the same post gets seen for about. Two, three thousand. Well, more than that, just twenty, about five thousand people on the list. So there, another thousand in LinkedIn. So about six thousand people every week. You know, a lot of the leads that are we get are coming from things that get forward to people. People read for a while, they discover you, they ask a question. Sometimes I do a free consultation. I put in in my contact. Say, hey, every month I'll pick a name 
to do a 30 minute strategy call with you and kind of walk through your, your thing. If you'd like to do that, sign up here and people go in and sign up, create a profile. And I pick one that I think is best fit for what we do and help them through the process. And they usually they ask for a proposal, you know, at the end of it, hey, can you give me a proposal for this, this, this? So again, there's multiple ways to kind of engage people. But if you give people value, uh, no matter if it's a course, if it's content you create, a podcast, white paper, a guide, eventually you become a mentor to them and when they need your that kind of help they'll come to you first yeah well that goes back to your rule of three right give three times what you get right yeah all right well you gave me a um you gave me a a, a key word there uh when do, do you remember when when we met how we met uh if i'm you know i'm old and decrepit but i think we met in a southwest flight and it was one of those seats when they still have the seats facing each other. And you That's were right. on one side, I was on the other side, and we were kind of like facing each other, and we, we were talking. I, I, that's the memory I have. It could be completely wrong. No, this is it. And we actually flew, uh, to, I think we were both going to Tampa. And um, I can't remember where. I, I just, because I, I feel like I went to Tampa a lot on Southwest during that time. <laughs> but, um, and we, we actually sat, in the uh that exit row on the way there and on the way back and really? it was on the way yeah yep and it was on the way back that we were like okay there's a reason for this and i even remember uh some of the content of the conversation was around we were talking about uh jesus points like how people could earn oh. <laughs> <laughs> people got some jesus point yes that's right well, I, I think at the time i had morelio points so my clients were, were banking on Morelia points because I was like, you know, every time we did work with them, it's like, okay, if you sign up for this agreement, you get another thousand Morelia points and they will get you this many <laughs> drinks or this trip, you know, trips to someplace. It was just like started as a joke and then people started taking it seriously. And I had to kind of watch it because it became like, what, what does that mean? Who's getting Morelia points? What does that mean? You know, so other people in the organization got really mad because this one guy was getting all this privilege. So I, I he was kinda, crushing it. Yeah, it, it was like it turned into a whole underground, you know, black market of, of, of benefits here that I was like, OK, we got to stop that. But it was that whole started with the Jesus points idea. That's right. You told somebody they could buy a Harrier jump jet with a Morelio points and they started they started gaming the system. Well, you know, it was more of a, you know, uh, drinking and, 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 and eating, you know, trips kind of thing. And I would be there. So I was like, I had to be present for you to expand your points. Uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, well, and, then, and it was all about, I think there was a, so once we met there, um, and then at the time you were, you were so kind to me and um, you would, you would listen and talk to me about, you know, careers and marketing and all that stuff. And I, I say that at all is to, um, tell you how much I appreciate um, getting to know you, you know, on a basic flight. And, and I think that uh, meeting you has has left an impression on me, you know, all these years after to where, you know, I still remember running into you and how I ran into you and you invited me to your agency in Nashville. And, um, you know, we, we kind of have a long history from there. I don't even remember how long ago this was that we met. I just oh, remember. I don't either, man, but it's, it's quite, well, you know, I, Thanks for saying that. It was sometimes, you know, I, I'm a I'm a gregarious person, so I'm I'm an extrovert, 
type in Enneagram 8. So I'm not, you know, not a very, but the fact that some, you know, I got those divine appointments, you know, you, you meet somebody, you put him in a situation and you don't know why, but he's like, I like talking to that guy. You know, you don't think too much about it. And then you see her again. And it's like, okay, now I got to figure it out because dude showed up second time in the flight back home. I guess I forgot about that, but uh, it, it's so, uh, you know, it's, I just follow my, my instincts on, on a lot of this. And so I'm glad that I was able to help you any, any possible way. I didn't think I helped you at all. So I don't know. Well, and, you know, I, and I, I bring that up is, and you said the word mentor and, um, and, and I, and I always I kind of thought of you as being that type of a person for me, but, um, I think, you know, to sort of tie a bow on that is that this whole idea of, of your, you giving and this information and being willing to teach other people, I think it's just been you, right? That's always been a thing for you. And that comes naturally for you. And I think that's probably has a lot to do with why you've been so successful using that strategy in growing your business just because it's a it's not work right you're not like oh, true you know this. it's interesting because when i go see a potential client or meet somebody that could be a client i'm not just trying to figure out how to close the deal i i just try to figure out okay how can i help this guy you know how can i help this person what what is you know and, and i ask questions sometimes that have nothing to do with the business and i figure out okay they can't run this business because you know their personal life is in shambles or they're you know, they're in a bad place and i said dude you gotta let's figure out how to get your head out of this and do something else and I, that <laughs> first time I met one of my great friends and clients and i was doing in a whole you know first time i met this man somebody else had hired me i'm sitting at the table with all his team and he was the head of this thing it was a big organization and I could just tell he, he was not doing well. And I, I'm like, I, and I thought I was in Houston. I was like, you know, I don't know that we should even be having this conversation. And everybody looked at me like, what do you say? You know, and I told the dude's name and said, Hey, unless you can get in a better space right now, and this is mute because we can figure things out here, but you need to get in a place where your, your mind's clear and you, you're really under stress and, and I'm feeling it. And I didn't know this guy. I mean, first day I met him, he, he <laughs> pounds on the table and walks away. And I'm like, okay, it's going to be an early flight home today. So I'm like trying to figure out what was the next flight from Houston to Nashville because I, this is, I blew this. And everybody sat there and looked at me like, what did you just do? You know, and I'm like, so this goes back <laughs> in the room and like, can I talk to you? You know, and in my office, I said, sure. And then we went off and years later, he's one of my, been one of the best clients, done a lot of work with him, but it wasn't about that meeting. It was about him. And I, I kind of realized that I didn't care if I lost the job, I couldn't help him in that state because, you know, it wasn't the stuff that we we're going to talk about. It was not going to help with the organization whatsoever. In that case, you know, I guess it's wired to me and I got in trouble for that too. So that's a success story. There's a lot of failures when I got, I've lost clients because I told them something that they did not want to hear. It's like, dude, like, but you know, I'd much rather do that than get a client that I know is not going to be the right fit. And if they can't hear the things that they don't like, then I'm not the right person. It, no, that, I, I totally agree with that. And that's something that I'm learning to be better with over time, which I mean, even part of this, this you know, forum here is learning how to interview people better and learning how to listen better and learning how to get signals and signs and understand what's what people are really talking about. So I, I, I think that's 
that's cool. That's a, that's an eight. Well, 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 let's do this. We we're kind of bumping up on on some time here, so I I want to kind of close this out with a little bit of fun stuff. We're gonna start with an easy one. This was a layup. Tell me three times what what does Marilio do to unwind? What do you like to do to to chill out? I work out. I cook and I play with my horses. Okay. Tell tell me a little bit about the horses thing. Oh, I got four horses and a donkey, and they are, have a little farm near Nashville in Watertown, Tennessee. And go feed them, go brush them, play with them. They're a lot more like pets than they're, you know, they're just happy horses that love to see daddy come around because I got treats, and they're like, oh, come on. Yes, you know, they follow me around, and they will. So that's, you know, that's been a, a, something that, been late in life the last probably four or five years that kind of discovered so that's that's my some of my fun things to do that's awesome i love that do you remember what was the first concert you ever went to the first concert that i legit concert in the u.s that i remember going to was a brian adams concert and I, 1969 I, was, live yeah the in the in it was in the 80s it's like 86 or 87 or sometime that and it was very memorable because I think I lost hearing in that concert <laughs> because for, I was near the speakers and for the next three days, I could hear a ringtone in my in my head. I'm like, oh, this is not good. You know, so that was that was very memorable. And also a few months later, saw Whitney Houston in the same venue. So. Oh, no, that's something else. OK, there you go. Those are two pretty big ones. Those are big ones for, for people of our age. I know. Hey, I'm dating myself here. That's all right. That's all right. Um, well, this one will even get, get me more on, on a number if I really was trying to figure out your age. What is the first car you own? 1986 Ford Mustang. Ugliest, shittiest looking Mustang the Mustang has ever written, done. The 80s was not a good decade for that car. And my sunroof leaked. And, every, you know, after less than a year, every time I would turn left, the water would just come over. And if there's any water on the top of the car, it would be on my lap. So I, I have never had another Mustang since. Never would, never, never go back. All right, man. Well, that, that's, all I, that's all I'm going to torture you with today. Um, that was easy. I you didn't get too personal, you know. It's like, okay, well, where are we going with this? But you know, it's a it's a business podcast, so I figured it couldn't go too bad. Uh, I've been I was spent such an amount of time in the car business. I'm always interested in the cars that people, you know, started off driving, and it's just a funny. It, I mean, I think you, you always think about that time. It's just a very innocent, unique time in your life. When, you know, you did that. The first concert is always a good memory. So those are those are two easy questions. Well, well, thanks for you know reaching out and following up. That's been good. Good seeing you. Glad things are going well. And I mean, couldn't be too bad. You got a beautiful view behind you. So I'm like, you know, that's this is that's a good day. No matter how bad things get, that's still a good day. That's a really good day. That's right. And you made it better. So this is uh, just, thanks, I'm, Gil. Appreciate that, brother. Doubled up. Thank you so much, Merlio. Thank you for for doing this with us, and uh, and and we'll catch up again soon. Let's not let's not make it be so long next time. All right, now let's cut the decade off that calendar. So <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. All, All right, right. Bye -bye. take care.